Welcome to the Money Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Torres. This episode is brought to you by Crowdsourced Books. Crowdsourced Books provides you with all the resources you need to become a successful author. You can find out more by visiting crowdsourcedbooks.com. All right, now let's jump into the episode. Hey, I want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives to share their top tips for success with you. Today, I have Roxana Frantini on the line. I'm really excited for her to tell her story. She's the founder and chief curator of Fashion Curators. Uh, Roxana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited. So, you know, I, I like to start off the show one way. I, I tell you that we, the, the target audience for this is business owners, entrepreneurs, executives. Um, you and I have had some conversations previously about your, you know, entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial career and the way you like to start businesses. But before we get into that, how about you just tell me how you, you know, started out as an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Well, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs. <laughs> both of my parents, uh, all of my grandparents, and uh, I was kind of like trained um, as an entrepreneur at a very early age. My first business I had when I was 13 years old, and then my first fashion wholesale business when I was 17 years old. Wow. Um, what was the 13-year-old business? What was the 13-year-old business? I'm well, curious. this is a very funny story. I was <laughs> uh, taking a course uh, to create a craft like crafted um, Spanish cards, like greeting cards. Okay. Um, I'm from South America, so that's like mm-hmm. a very particular old-fashioned art form that was kind of like uh, erased from the face mm-hmm. of the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, my grandfather came in to visit an afternoon, and I was like just doing my thing and my course and the whole thing, and he was like, see, you're sitting in a business right now. And, I'm, wow. and I said him, and I was like, oh, my God, he's right. <laughs> that's so funny so grandpa's all, all these uh entrepreneurs grandpa came in and said hey what are you doing get to work <laughs> exactly he's like start doing that for people that have you know that just had babies and they want to send like beautiful greeting cards and romantic things and blah blah blah, blah. and i started doing exactly that i had um you know like baby showers uh baptizers and things like that it was funny but i did it for years Wow, no way. And then so you said the next uh, that that's amazing. And so the next business was uh was uh, uh you know, the ripe old age of 17, you got into fashion. Tell me more about that. Yes, I've always loved fashion. Uh both of my grandmas were seamstresses, so I kind of grew up, you know, my games as, as a little kid was to mimic my grandma and pattering and cutting and just designing. So when I was 17 years old, I I really I was in love with the industry. And my mom had my mother is an attorney, and she had a client that was putting you know like taking her business to the next level. And I happened to be in the meeting taking notes for my mom. And I started a conversation with the lady, and I asked her for a job. I'm like, Mom, I came here as your assistant, but I'm I'm staying here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, so you you were headhunted in the meeting. That's great. Yes. <laughs> so 
so I stayed with the lady for two years uh, until she passed away. She was very mm-hmm. sick, and uh, I practically inherited, you know, like all the business because she was, she was a, uh, she was alone, on mm-hmm. earth. And she had no family, no kids, mm-hmm. no nothing. So, and she knew she was, uh, she was going to to die. So she trained me. She trained me for two years, and she told me that I had a gift, and I believed that I had a gift. So I did it with her, and it was basically, you know, like channeling the the trends that would work from the United States, the trends that would work in Latin America, and we would bring clothing from here and sell it to different stores in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, no, yeah. that's um, – wow. So you had on-the-job experience. Uh, you kind of – you kind of um, got your way into the door by, by uh, you know, a pretty straightforward method of saying, hey, I'm, I'm not taking no for an answer. Now, yeah. I've, I've, I, to, 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 to kind of spin off of that, not taking no for an answer, I know that that is, you know, kind of your style in business or, or so I've been told. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. I I attribute that to the fact that I am I'm also um, – you know, when you're a foreign, when you are an immigrant, you know, it's like you have to you have to make it work. Period. There's no turning back. There's no going back to nowhere. Especially when you come from countries that are you know like they they're practically destroyed. So you have to stick to what you have in this new country that opens uh, its arms for you. So I've never taken no for an answer. I learned that since I was a little kid, and um, and all of my mentors really uh, ingrained that in me. Um, and that's the way truly I've been able to succeed uh, on my own. And also when I've had to utilize my entrepreneurial skills as an employee, as an employee, because that's also interesting. I was always an entrepreneur, but for some years of my life. I had to become an employee. But when you become an employee with an entrepreneurial heart and you learn how to marry both, then you become what I call uh, an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur within an organization and you're able to align with that organization for the greater good of the organization and yours. And, um, and you know, like circling back to not taking no for an answer, um, when that was the opportunities that presented to me were through jobs, I didn't say no. I said, okay, I'm going to take this. I'm going to make the best of it, but I'm not going to close my business. I continued having the wholesale business since I was 17, and I'm 38 now. So it's been there for years. Wow, that's great. So tell me about um, – tell me let, – let's get more into your business and what you do on a day-to-day. Tell me more about fashion curators and uh, what you do. This is my dream come true. Um, for years, I wanted to connect all the experiences and tools um, that I got from the wholesale business and from being – from becoming a business leader. I, I was trained during my career – um, I did intellectual property law. I went to business school. So I've, I've been training law, finances, marketing, sales, um, and human resources, like developing um, talent. So I wanted to take all of those experiences and all of that knowledge and 
create an organization that didn't exist, um, that was able to support designers and brands to effectively, efficiently commercialize in countries that are difficult to penetrate. When you're a fashion designer, when you're a fashion brand, um, really to, to get your brand to a different country, especially the United States, can be very costly, can be just a huge challenge. And I knew I could make that work. I knew I had like a formula to make it work for those brands, to make it work for those designers, and at the end of the day, for the consumer too. Because everybody wants to wear what, what makes them feel good. And sometimes that's not in your market. Mm, yeah. No, I completely get it. And so you, based on being, um, it sounds like your focus is pretty international. Do you, do you also work with, um, you work on, with clients both internationally and local, am I correct? Yes, both. Okay, so helping helping clients get their brands into the United States and vice versa, helping brands that are currently established here get into other markets. Is that right? Correct. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and what, what that looks like? Absolutely. Well, we have three departments. We have the wholesale, the retail, and the style house. And each one serves a different um, type of designer or a different type of brand. There are brands um, that are very well put together, maybe in a foreign country, um, and they, they can serve. They have the capacity to produce for large stores. So we can we can easily plug them in the wholesale department because we're able to get you know big orders from buyers in different countries and they will be able to deliver. So that right there is like hiring a sales force, a sales team, but only for the amount of time and energy that you truly need to make your brand sell more. Mm, got it. Um, well, let's see. So where, where can people uh, – really appreciate you coming on the show. Where can people find you? What's your website, if you can give all that information? Absolutely. FashionCurators.com is our main website. And right. Instagram is a huge outlet for us. So Instagram at FashionCurators. So uh, at FashionCurators on Instagram and FashionCurators.com um, on the web. So, hey, Roxanne, I really appreciate you coming on the show giving your insights and, you know, sharing your story on, on what it takes to not say no or to not take no, excuse me, to make opportunities for yourself and also to uh, make sure that if you're an employee, hey, be the best employee you can be and don't let your dream go of running that business. So I appreciate you sharing that, Roxana. Absolutely. Thank you. appreciate the time. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Oh, 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 oh,